your faith is. Look close and read, and you will find God. Unpack the faith in the fiction. Take up this lens with conviction. Look close and read, and you will find God. Welcome everybody to our last meeting of the Lenten Book Club. We hope that you had a good、uh, Holy Week, good Palm Sunday、uh, so far, and thank you for joining us on this journey. And also, as we as we begin this、uh, this final leg of Lent, going towards Easter,、um, I hope this time together has been fruitful. In your Lenten practices, so Myra, how's your how's your Lent been going? Hi everyone, happy Holy Week,、um, happy Spy Wednesday. Ooh,、uh, my Lent has been going great. I can't believe that we are already practically at April. I, I think I blinked and then I woke up and it was end of March. I just don't know where the year has gone. And then at the same time, I think back to those days where I'm like, the day is crawling by. It is the week is crawling.、Um, I also can't believe I made it to spring break.、Uh, so I'm very happy、oh, about、yay. that. Praise、yes. the Lord Jesus.、Um, <laughs> but yeah, no Lent has been. I feel like it has been very fruitful, very eye-opening, and I can't wait to connect the things that I learned this Lent to the book and to、uh, all, and to Jonah, and then pulling out Christ. You know, I'm already getting excited about this last episode and this last part of the book. So let's just dive, Sean, dive. Totally. All right, let's do it. Um, twenties. Here he comes for the the、uh, famous. <laughs> The famous segment of our podcast, where we do, we try to summarize these、um, the chapters that we've been assigned, and it's the last eight chapters of the book、um, in twenty seconds. And I've been, I've been good so far, but I think this one, this one is going to test me a little. I might, it's, it's going to, I'm, I'm pushing. It'll be pushing twenty seconds. So, do you, do you okay, want to、I'm、go、ready. first, Myra? You really want me to go first? You、Go、sure? For it. Okay. I, I am. I am <clears throat> sure. This is sixteen through twenty-three, correct? Correct. Hi. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Are you timing me? I am. Okay. Are you Mark? Get set. Get set. Go. <laughs> Love and lies. Unscheduled holiday. Rosemary story. The truth. Plans made. Leaves with Gabe. Learns to starve. Snow. That's it. That's it. Okay, hold on. Thirteen, thirteen point one nine. That was less than thirteen point one nine. I would like the record to show that I snow. Definitely, that's how you end snow. Yes, snow. Because it's still、oh. a mysterious ending. Oh, yes. We'll 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 get to that. We'll get to that. Okay, I'm ready. With I'm ready. I'm on my watch, which is great. Okay. Okay. I I took I took a Zyrtec a little while ago. My allergies, <laughs> so I hope. Are we? Yes. Are we brought. I hope、ready? my Zyrtec helps me out. Helps me out. This. It's oh my wow. Performance enhancing Zyrtec. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Wait. Hold on. 
<laughs> I have to psych myself up. Okay. I'll go. You, you can count it in. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Giver's favorite memory, Christmas, family, love, father, mother, do you love me? Jonas tells first lie, PTSD, playing good guys, bad guys, former receiver trainee had a breakdown, released herself, dad released baby twin, he killed him and lied, I have to go, giver come with, no I can't, Jonas leaves and takes baby Gabe, they're gonna release him, give Gabe memories, make him sleep, must hide from planes, now it's a bird, look a hill and snow sled down to, I don't know where, <laughs> I oh, it's thirty <laughs> seconds. Oh. <laughs> that Zert. <laughs> oh no, I got I got tripped up. Oh. oh, but it was still a good thirty seconds. It was still a great thirty seconds. I'm sweating. Oh. <laughs> do you need my time? Do you, Do you need a minute? I'm just kidding. I'm good. But I'm good. It was still great, so, Sean. It was still great. My My last line was sled sled ride down to. We don't know where. We don't know where. Or do we? Le- and let's start there. Let's start there. So if you got your books out, we're going to actually read um, the from the last section of the book. Um, 23. I'll go ahead and read it since I have it marked out already. Um, and you can follow along. fancy Kindle? Oh, my fancy Kindle, yes. I always choose paper. So, using his final strength and a special knowledge that was deep inside him, Jonas found the sled that was waiting for them at the top of the hill. Numbly, his hands fumbled for the rope. (laughs) He settled himself on the sled and hugged Gabe close. The hill was steep, but the snow was powdery and soft, and he knew that this time there would be no ice, no fall, no pain. Inside his freezing body, his heart surged with hope. They started down. Jonas felt himself losing consciousness, and with his whole being willed himself to stay upright atop the sled, clutching Gabriel, keeping him safe. The runners sliced through the snow, and the wind whipped at his face as they sped in a straight line through an incision that seemed to lead to the final destination, the place that he had always felt was waiting, the elsewhere that held their future and their past. He forced his eyes open as they went downward, downward, sliding, and all at once he could see lights and he recognized them now. He knew they were shining through the windows of rooms, that they were the red, blue, and yellow lights that had twinkled from trees and places where families created and kept memories, where they celebrated love. Downward, downward, faster and faster. Suddenly, he was aware with certainty and joy that below, ahead, they were waiting for him, (laughs) and that they were waiting, too, for the baby. For the first time, he heard something that he knew to be music. He heard people singing. Behind him, across vast distances of space and time, from the place he had left, he thought he heard music too. But perhaps it was only an echo. The end. (laughs) 
All right. So, what'd you think of that? Oh, man. I, you know, it's obviously the first thing you want to think about is, okay, where is elsewhere? And then, you know, he talks about the lights. He talks about the singing and he's already in the snow. And you can't help but imagine that he landed during somewhere around Christmas. And so it's kind of funny to think about, you know, here he is with this child. Here is this new experience. And you can't help but make the connections between that and Christ coming as a baby. And um, I mean, the whole reason why we have Easter is because of Christmas. And the whole reason why we have Christmas is because of Easter, as my priest said, you know. So I don't know. It's just. It was a mysterious way to end, but yet it sounded so perfect. Even though I still want to know what happens next, I'm pretty sure if we were to continue the, the series. Yeah. So you think that what he describes actually happened because it, it talks about him losing consciousness and but yet trying to trying to kind of keep his eyes open and you and you I don't know and you, I thought it's all in his head. And you really think so? I do. I do. I think <sighs> it's all in his head that he loses consciousness and it's and they get, you know, swallowed in the snow. But even when the- he talks about it, he goes, um, you know, that this was his first memory, not something he he remembered, but he Okay, so like towards the end, we're almost there, Gabriel, he whispered, feeling quite certain without knowing why. I remember this place, Gabe, and it was because true. that was his first. Right? That was his first memory. But no, it says, and it was true. But it was not grasping of a thin and burdensome recollection. So that's why it's not his first. Me- that's not. It's not a burdensome recollection. Like he was recalling a memory the giver gave him. This was something that he could keep. It was a memory of his own. So he. It was a memory he had. Yes, because the the giver gave it to him. It's no longer the giver's. Remember when the giver oh. gives when when the giver gives a memory, it becomes it becomes Jonas's memory. It's his memory as if he experienced it because he did experience it to some. No, extent. but re- you have to remember. Remember when they left the community and they they left the community. Those memories went back, right? Those memories went back, and that's when the chaos would happen, and that's. That's why they did this, so that the memories would go back to the people. So even the memory with the sled went back to the people. I think I think he would still have a glimmer of it. I mean, because that's what the 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 giver would say that I have a piece, even though I, I give you the memory, I have I have a little shadow of it left. It 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 all oh. reminded me of the story of the little match girl that they used to tell us in oh. elementary school. I know, right? Exactly. If you know oh. the story of the little match girl. Anyway, here's the spoiler and cut to the chase. <laughs> Poor girl selling matches. No one buys the matches. Um, she's really cold. And so she starts lighting the matches to kind of give herself some warmth and she gets to the last one and she has a memory and she she sees her grandmother and and she well and she dies uh the little girl How um, dies on on new i know i don't know why they told us that story as children and it's a new year's story anyway that's where that's what that's what it reminded me of one it reminded 
it reminded me of that uh, the the story of the little match girl that he's you know he's dying you know he they have they they're malnourished he's hurting um, they're in the snow so you kind of have that you know when you get cold enough you start to get sleepy and lose consciousness and that's how you that's how you die you freeze to death um, that's what I think and two I think he leaves it. He he leaves it open in in terms of like was it just an echo was it just an echo is he is the music just an echo or is it or is it real did he is there a, is there a village that he is going to a house with a Christmas tree I don't know I don't think so oh and then it makes the story so sad it but is. it does make you wonder what the rest of the series is about You're like, it does well it makes me actually more upset than sad because i want to know <laughs> definitively what happened well i i do also dislike it when stories end with and then i woke up and then it was all a dream you know, and that kind of set that version of the ending sounds like that. And then I woke up and it was all a dream. And you're like, yes. oh, no, just end it properly. End it in a in a good way. So that's why I still like my version of the ending. That he actually made it that somehow um, in, I'm in my imagining that in the next book, it's mm. going to be start with like, uh, I... When I landed at the bottom of the hill, somebody ran outside of their house and picked me up or something. You know, I I have hope for them. Sean, it's so depressing. I know, but I just don't don't see it. How, you know, and who leaves a sled on the top of the hill? You don't don't drag a sled to the top of a hill and just leave it there. Maybe you have to go to dinner. No, then then you sled down. You take the sled. You already have it at the top of the hill. You use that potential energy and you slide down to dinner. <laughs> you said potential energy. Um, maybe I don't know. And Sean, that's too depressing. <laughs> but it, it, if it is, if it is, how you know that? Because he never he he says there's a hope that he there there's an unway of knowing. Uh, but he 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 doesn't see it. He doesn't see the house. He thinks he hears music. He thinks he sees the lights. But he never, it, it, it's yeah. never made concrete, I think. We're just going to have to read the other books. That's, that's the... Oh, the main... I don't know. <laughs> Not for this podcast, probably. We'll leave it at that mysterious ending. <laughs> where everybody other... will be annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, I was, I found it, well, okay. So, this last section, I found it, one, annoying, the ending. And two, it just got <laughs> weird. It just got... It went to a weird sci-fi slash theater of the absurd, waiting for Godot, you know, heads in on plates type of type of theatrics. That um, that when you start met like, and there's so many things that are unexplained. Um, the giver is like, and you know, oh. and when you leave the community or you die, the the memories go, uh, they go somewhere, but people could access it. And I'm like, what? And what is this transferring? Once you transfer a memory via this kind of touch osmosis type thing, um, 
but you can't there's no like no, there's like no take backs i can't i can't i can pass it on to someone else but i can't like give it back to you i'm like what how how does that work um when they start talking about feelings and how how everyone else they don't really feel do you do you remember that part the you know Oh. Their feelings, there's no depth to their feelings. Yeah, they kind of discuss their feelings, but you know, the giver says to Jonas, you know, you and, you and me, we have feelings and we've been sharing it with each other. And I'm like, what about like, what about everyone else's experience? They have feelings too. And their do, feelings do are just as valid, right? Do they though? Do they? Because they don't know what love is. So do they truly have? Oh, okay. Let's talk about love. Let's talk about love. This is Jonas's first lie. Can you set the scene really briefly? Do you remember uh, it? So I believe. Oh gosh, he, he's with his parents. There, yes. it's feelings time around the dinner table, folks, and they're trying to share. And and Jonas asks a question, and he's very curious to know. He's eager to know because earlier that day. The giver gave him the experience of love. And so Jonas is like, huh. What, what was that experience? It was uh, a family. A family at love. And I think it was also at Christmas time. Yes. When you um, had like grand, you know, grandparents. Grandparents. And presents and things like that. Yes. And so you felt the love in the room. And, and Jonas wanted to know if his his parents felt that same way about him like he saw in the memory that he received and so um do you remember what the exact question jonas says though or ask he says father mother do you love me and then i I believe that's right and then they say you know his i think his dad goes jonas you of all people precision with language um and then, and then they go on to say, love, love is, it's obsolete. It's so general, they, they say. So they know of it. They know the term. And then, then they, they ask, um, they, they ask kind of rhetorically, um, now, if you were to ask me, uh, do I enjoy you? Yes. Or, Am I a pr- am I proud of your accomplishments? Yeah, and then, but to me, that kind of begs the question: Well, what does it mean to enjoy? You know, if you're talking about precision, precision with language. When you enjoy someone, is it? Do you enjoy all of them, all their behaviors? Is there anything that you don't enjoy? Um, is it a but kind of like fifty one percent? Yes, I do enjoy you, or. But I still think that that's a comment on the English language and our culture's use of the word love, right? Because I can say I love pizza, but that's not precision of language either, right? Do I enjoy pizza? Yes, I do. Do I enjoy pineapple on my pizza? Yes, I do. Okay, fruit belongs Mm. on pizza. Thank you very much. Um, (laughs) That's another topic. That's a whole other... (laughs) We'll save that. Um, (laughs) But then... Do you love another person? Okay, so then then there's that there's that difference. And so the different levels of love uh you know come out better in different languages. So let's say what would happen if this book was in Latin? 
or Greek. What would the yes. author? Yeah, right. What, what would the author have to say? Yeah, Greek. It's Greek. But so, like, so you don't think that these people who are apparently super smart that they could do away with hills and sunshine? That they don't know what <laughs> agape or eros well, is? It's not very. It's not very hard to do away with hills and sunshine when you're like in the flatlands of the United States, right? Elephants. Assuming Hippo- this is in hippos. Right. Hip hop anonymous, no, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not hard to get rid of hippos if you're in the middle of the of the Midwest. Okay, Sean. sure, but I'm th- I'm saying okay, they could genetically engineer people for sameness, and you know to oh, don't even a- get me started with the possibilities of genetic engineering right now. Oh, and and memory. Well, that that goes to a comment I have about memory and how. Well, uh, I'll I'll share that later. But love, these super smart society societies uh, don't know don't know the difference between agape and uh, and eros. And um, do you think they had good theology teachers? Would they really be stuck in this place right now if they had good theology teachers? So, well, okay, so. Leaving leaving that world aside, since since it, it you know it's a commentary, uh, you know I think at least this part is about our our modern world, and we've already alluded to Deus Caritas Est, the first encyclical mm-hmm. um, by Pope Benedict. Um, in our in our society here, how would we bring more of a a deeper understanding of love? How could we how could we do that in our society? Oh gosh! Particularly in this week of love, this. Oh gosh! Right? I, I mean, you just broke open like the entire Catholicism. I feel like how I mean to ask how do we how can we love better is almost like asking how can you be more Catholic? Because I mean, mm-hmm. to do that means to really acknowledge what human dignity is in all levels, in all forms. Right. And isn't it just Catholic to do that? I mean, that, that's essentially what Christ came to do was to love us and to show us why we have dignity by becoming one of us. Right. I, I yes. Mean, the incarnation and then going through experiences, going through suffering like us. Oh my gosh. That's the Paschal else we have to mystery. Talk about. Exactly. Right. And, and so how do we, how do we better, how do we bring that precision of love and language? We just love in all forms, loving from womb to tomb, loving each other the way God has made us, um, man and woman, equal but not same. I mean, so many things um, that are controversial today, in, according to culture, but to to the Catholic mind, just uh, just it makes sense to love you through the pain. Through the sorrows, in the good and the bad, right? It's, it's it's almost like asking us, how can we, like Christ, love our church and love the world, right? Christ gave His all, and and made that covenant with us while on the cross. I mean, I can't I can go on and on and on. The okay, love <laughs> I love had to be one one. We all I think. Because of natural law, we have that law of love written in our hearts, but we had it had to be revealed um, through, in the fullness of time, through God's revelation in in the Word made flesh, 
in the person of Jesus, particularly his his self-offering on the cross. And you wonder though, you so you know, I was thinking that that Jesus in a sense had to had to show us, had to give us that memory as it were of love. He had to give us that definition of love in his um obviously in his in his entire life but particularly in the in the the his passion death and resurrection but that love that the love of the cross it's not the love well it's not the emotion that i think the author tries to define as love in what the giver passed on to jonas you know that nice christmas scene the family and the presence, but I don't think I, I. I think she was going for more of this, this emotion versus the love that Jonas displays in his self-offering towards baby Gabe. Um, did you think that as well? That even Jonas's first encounter with love is kind of su- superficial, or it, it's kind of. It, it it's not a a full um a full understanding of love oh i i think when anybody first encounters love it, it's it's never a full understanding i think his first encounter of love was actually with the giver uh, do you, would you agree with the giver and and the fact that the giver had some sacrifice yeah yes exact sacrifice exactly because love as as we all as we know um Entails suffering. Oh yes. Um, by in in his very in his very definition, to love to love someone is to will to will their good, and to and and to work and sacrifice for that good. And of, of course, as we know, the ultimate good, the sumum bonum, is is eternity with God in heaven, um, that Jesus calls us to. And open the way for us through Easter and the cross. Oh, yes. I love it. Speaking of suffering, maybe we can hop on to that trait. Because there's so much to unpack with suffering and this book. And um, particularly with Rosemary. Can we start there? Rosemary. And, And her, when she encounters suffering and then her response to it. Yeah, uh, so Rosemary, that's all in chapter 18 for those of you who are very curious. But Rosemary's story about being uh, the previous giver right before Jonas. So she's chosen, she's happy, she's eager, and she's given happy memories. And she's and she's like, I want more, I want more. And so the giver, the, the giver, the current giver was also obviously Rosemary's giver gave her some painful memories and of course she didn't like it. Sean, do you remember how she said goodbye? Do you do you remember what uh, I I um first of all, I think the the memories the giver couldn't give her the painful like um um physical pain, memories of physical pain, but it was more so those memories of of loneliness no. and loss. Which I think, which, I don't know. I think, I think he was trying to protect her, but I think it, it, you know, it made it worse kind of starting out with those, those deep things. But when she was saying goodbye, um, I think she like, she, didn't she like put her arm around him or? 
I think she kissed his cheek. Kissed him, yes. Yeah, kissed him and said goodbye. And then... Um, they, they and and then went her. went directly to the to... the chief elder and then submitted her request for um release? for release and then when the time came she wanted to inject herself but why was it ever granted you know that's what i was asking why did the the chief elder grant that release if she was petitioning it you know she could have very easily said no or said hold on let me let me check with the giver. Let me that's what he's there for. Let me consult with him. Well, I don't think there in their society there is a checkpoint for release. I think they just release and they don't even So if you request this like sure, request, go ahead. you get it. And then yeah, it sounds like <sighs> it and that and it sounds also like there was no precedent for a giver to ask for release a giver or a train a giver's trainee yes. to ask for release so it probably took everybody by surprise hence the rule change no i think yes it did um but speaking like going back to that issue of suffering how 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 do you think she processed like if you would go into her head how how would you process those things of loneliness and loss and is it isn't that something that like she never experienced those things ever in in any to any degree growing up i i don't i doubt it um i think they would probably say precision of language let's let's talk about what you actually feel you know because even to be lonely is is not precise because obviously if you're at the, the family table and you're sharing feelings and you're saying, I'm lonely, then that's not precision of language. There are people around you. You are actually mm. not lonely. So uh, I personally think that the loneliness that she, that triggered some sort of probably some depression within her. Yeah. And so she sought release from that. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Do you <sighs> feel like, she it was an easy way out for her or do you feel like are you upset do you feel like she should have stuck with it well i I, well one i i can't as much as i kind of play play these kind of you know mental exercises and think (laughs) well you know if if you were her or what you know what was going on inside her head um i don't know the however i saw i interpreted her actions as uh not fatalistic but what's the point well what's the point anymore i didn't i didn't see i saw i didn't see it as an escape in part because she was so like she 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 not only petitioned it but she she went ahead and and asked asked for it and injected herself i saw it more as her the darkness overwhelming her and that's why I think he should have he should have included physical pain because physical pain in general, you know, particularly when you when if it's a memory, it goes away. Right? But those yeah. but but you know, as you know, spoiler alert, that's her father. Her father didn't want her, you know, obviously spoiler, we want- asked them to read the last I know. <laughs> well, for people who haven't read, who haven't read yeah, the last yeah, chapters, uh-huh. 
he probably should have before before listening to this podcast uh this this episode the um you know he didn't want to give her that physical pain but i think it would have helped her process process things a bit more if she if she also mm-hmm. had that versus just kind of all of this kind of mental emotional thing um but yeah i saw it at her the darkness overwhelming her and her and and she saying there's no point anymore particularly particularly because everything's all planned everything is a lie right um mm-hmm. all the adults are lying this world without choices and you see a little bit in Jonas when he when he's mm-hmm. when he thinks of how uh how poor the poverty of his community in that like they can't see color they don't know about elephants remember he's trying to like give you know give these these memories to his family but obviously they you know they can't right um and and he goes on to say well well what would life be you know when he's when he's hungry and hurting and and actually starving as a you know precise usage of the word starving he he says well, if I had stayed, yeah, I would have food, but I would be starving in a different way. And I think she, uh, Rosemary, starved herself to death in 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 a sense. Well, well, let's let's talk more a little bit more about Jonas. And I want to ask you: Do you see Jonas as a Christ figure in this book? <sighs> like, if so, how? And probably connecting that to suffering a little bit. Sure. Do I see Jonas as the as a Christ figure? Well, let me talk through this a little bit. The well, I I think the giver is definitely a a Merlin slash Gandalf. Um, Are you influenced by the cover of the book where he has this long no. beard? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I have a Kindle. He so. looks like an old man. <laughs> my my Kindle has a black cover. The um the but but the giver I could see the giver as having some some quality. Because here's the thing. I thought this book would go in a different direction. I thought this book really? would kind of lead to both of their deaths. So that You they... don't think the giver died? I think he died. When? I mean, eventually, I yes. Well, no, like, when he, after he helped calm the people down, in my mind, he died. Because remember, he says, because uh, Jonas goes, he wants I, to want, be with Rose- I want you he- to, yeah, he wants to be with his daughter. He wants to be with Rosemary. I think he died. Well, I think either the, he took two choices, either the community turned on the giver and, like, like killed him or something. Or he was able to release himself. Well, one, I don't know. In in that he, how could they process all those memories? And well, they without him, to. without him, and and that's the whole reason for him staying. You know, Jonas asked him multiple times to come with me, and he goes, "No, I have to." Well, yes, he says, "I want to be with my daughter." But do you um, think he actually stayed help the, to the help community. them process? I do. Because wouldn't the community have just forced him to take them back? 
and just keep being the giver. See, I think the community would have said, take all these memories back, come be our giver again, and then, or the receiver of memory again. And he was like, no, I'm going to release myself. Goodbye. Oh, I see. See? Uh, I think, I that's, think he died. that's a bit more of a like sequel or epilogue that we don't have i know Um, right it's like oh these past the next three books that we're not gonna read (laughs) i i I didn't (laughs) i I didn't see that um i thought that the giver would would stay and help because that's what that's what his his words were but i was thinking before all this before they made their plan i thought they would do some sort of not maybe mass suicide, but lead some, <laughs> do an action that would, would that would necessitate their death, or that would lead to their deaths, and it and that would be a kind of redemptive Christ figure sacrifice Aslan sacrificing himself for that the people may receive something, right? And it's their memories back. And well, one, it it's not clear of how he actually gets the memories from other people like do other people just kind of touch different parts of him and like all their memory (laughs) goes to him um and two that it begs the question can you can he receive a false memory because as we as we know memory each time you recall something it's not exactly the same thing as what you initially had experienced and you know we they they go through all this in terms of witnesses and court and things like that. Memory is a tricky and actually malleable thing. So could he potentially have received altered memories? And this goes to Pensieve. And, you know, I think it's interesting. <laughs> okay, hey, yeah. That, yes. That the memories are like a tangible substance. Um, but it's also like the, like the holodeck on, you know, the Starship en- Enterprise. Because, like in in Harry Potter, in Harry Potter, in the Pensieve, you the memory you could like enter the memory and you're kind of experiencing it. But since it's a memory, all the people around you they just kind of like pass through you because you're not you're not part of that world, right? Mm-hmm. But here in this world, he could interact with memories, which is like remember when that soldier was dying and he gave mm-hmm. him water. Like, did he actually give a soldier water or is it, and did that memory actually, you know, did that memory come from someone or was it the memory of war or warfare? I believe it was. And then it kind of manifested in that way. But did that, yeah, he gave water to a soldier. Did that soldier actually receive water from him or was that just kind of in his head or... Wherever or was it the person or the memory. person who gave eventually gave the receiver this memory actually gave water and he's just reliving that memory of giving water i don't know so that was one of my other oh. issues i had that it was that led me <laughs> to think that it was it led into some theater of the absurd um so going back to your question about if I yes. think that Joan is, Jonas is, a, is a Christ-like Christ-like figure. figure. Sure. In that, in that he he seeks to to save baby Gabriel. Mm. Who maybe, you know, maybe would announce the good news 
in a um <laughs> in a kind of biblical allegorical way afterwards in your if they do survive versus in my in 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 uh in my plot line it, yeah in your die. dark dark sequel <laughs> oh my God. yes they're dead they find they find the bodies in the springtime and when all the snow melt no um, but he if you remember he there's a part where he has nothing you know nor no no more warm memories to give to baby Gabe. So he he holds him close to his to his chest and he wraps that little blanket around them both. And he's giving he has nothing more to give baby Gabe but the very warmth from his body. And even that is, you know, deplenishing um rapidly. So in that way, I could see that as as our Lord giving, you know, his self his self offering. He has no more to give but his very life, his very body and blood to us. Mm. Um even after he gives his mother to us on the cross. Very very one of the seven last words that Jesus spoke from the cross. But, you know, they say, you know, the catechism says that the church is born was born in Christ's total self-offering, um, and even even if you see pictures of the the quote birth of the church, which a lot of people say I know is um, Pentecost. That's when the church was revealed or came out of hiding. But um, there's images of the church as a woman being drawn out from the side, the pierced side of Christ, where the that blood and water flowed. Um, as an image of the church being born from his from his gift, and I think I could see that in in Jonas as well that he he's giving everything he had for baby Gabe, and that's what causes him the the greatest heartbreak. No, you know when he starts thinking, I can't save him. I don't know what you think. I I think the whole thing with with Jonas and um. And his sufferings and is just is such a comment on the place of suffering in our lives. When Miss um, Lowry was writing this book, she commented that she wrote it as she watched, I think it was her father or father-in-law, suffer. From so, dementia or some sort of right something like that. Something Alzheimer's? I'm not. I'm not. I, I think so because then mm. that's why the whole memory thing came out. Yes. And and that this role of suffering in our lives has has a quite a special role. Um, as a biology teacher, mm. I, we we know that evolutionary suffering is actually there, so we don't do stuff, and it's there so that we avoid certain things. Right, the pan is hot. You touch it, it hurts. It suffer. You you suffer through the pain. You know not to touch the pan anymore. Yes. Right. Um. But when Christ suffered, you know, you listen to it on Palm Sunday, and you we will listen to it again in in a couple of days at, at Good Friday. He how he makes suffering holy to make. He knew that suffering was such a big part of human life that he came to make it holy. And so this whole, and throughout this whole night, we were asked to suffer well, on Fridays through the way we abstained through meat, um, or through not through meat, uh, but we abstained from meat. Wow. Abstained through meat. Anyways, 
precision of language. Uh, and then, you know, by offering something. Um, but I'm actually looking at uh, the role of suffering. The fifth Sunday of Lent has on the second reading, not scrutinies, by the way. Oh, okay. uh, it, it goes like this. <laughs> and it's coming from the book, book of Hebrews. Son, uh, in the days when Christ was in the, f- Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus was in the flesh. He offered prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And when he was made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. And so this, uh, this knowing that through suffering, we learn obedience, obedience to the will of God. Um, I don't think Lois Lowry ever made that complete connection, but luckily for us, we're Catholics and we can make that connection that the role of suffering is to become is to learn this obedience to God and to the will of God. Because at some point in your suffering, you have to admit, and I think you'll agree with me, Sean, you have to admit, at some point in your suffering, you just go, oh, Lord God, whatever you want. Okay, I give up. And and you just let go. Yeah? Or you, am I wrong? For sh- no, for sure. Because <laughs> you can't, um, otherwise, you'll go, you know, it'll, it'll just eat at you. That you do have to... As much as I think you and me, we like to, particularly <laughs> if we're faced with something, we want to like to kind yes. of take it head on and like fix it. How can we fix it? Right. Um, at some point, you have to, you have to put it in the hands of the Lord and go. You, I could do okay. nothing, but what you, but what you will for me, what you give me, Lord. Um, we we all have that that cross, and you know, and it's a. There is value in carrying it. Um, so what do you think then of the whole release procedure? You know, we saw in the book, finally, what release means in, oh. in Rosemary and also in the twin. You know, there, there are twin boys born, um, but only one could, one would be raised in the community. The other would be released. And we saw, Jonas watching a video of his dad releasing one of the twins, which involved um, giving him a, a fatal injection oh. in the forehead and then putting his body in a box and, you know, putting it in the garbage, basically. Oh. Do you think that is a form of mercy or a form of, oh. in, in, in relation to suffering, a form of avoiding suffering? Oh, oh, Sean, how are we even... How are we even discussing this? Because, oh, I don't, I, you know, I mean, are you really going to ask if euthanasia is honestly a form of mercy? I mean, which is basically what he was doing was euthanizing the child. And, and you and I know for a fact that even in the suffering, there is something to be learned. And um, even in the pain, there's something to be learned. I mean, I, I can whenever i teach this subject because i teach but pain is not utilitarian or is it right you would think in such a utilitarian society that values what people could bring they don't for some reason don't value the utility of experiences or at least memories and of suffering but they do don't they Mm. remember how they discipline 
Oh yes, the with stick. the little little the rod. Yes. Stick. For, so for they kids do and use adults. the pain for kids and oh yes <laughs> they do for for correction so, so they do um but like so like like i was thinking whenever i think of and and whenever i teach the subject of suffering and the value of suffering and why why the catholic church really is such against euthanasia i think of of the example of saint john paul the great and yes. um, the way he suffered in in the last stages of his life, mm-hmm. I mean, remember, I, I have a picture of him somewhere in this house where he's grasping onto his his. Oh God, you know the, the, the word. The papal staff. Yeah, it's not the quite papal, a crozier. Yes. The one it's with the cross yeah, on right? top. Yeah, the one with the cross, the crucifix, yes. actually on on top of it, mm-hmm. and you can tell he's in pain. Yes, uh, but or he, in his attendants had to like wipe the. The kind of spit, you know, the that would yeah. dribble out of his mouth for him. Oh my goodness, what an example! Yes, and so what? A, what a teaching moment for all of us. And as much as I, my heart breaks for him at that moment, and you wish for quite the release. And I don't know about you, and and what your experience is like. Actually, I do know what your experience is like for <laughs> as your grandparents age, you know, yes. all you ask for them is release. And, and in this society, they would have given it to him. But, but to see St. John Paul the, the Great suffer and to learn about that and the value of life and every moment and every second, uh, I've seen my grandparents suffering similarly, you know, but to know that Every second I enjoyed with them, every second of life was valuable to them because mm-hmm. every second was such quite a gift from God. So just as their final yeah. second was, you know, when, when that yeah. time, when that time did come for, for all my grandparents, that even that too, um, in a very mysterious way is a gift. Yeah. And, and how natural death just is, is, that's quite the gift. So, all right. I don't well, know how we're talking about the baby. I know death. I know what a bright, what a bright topic for our podcast. <laughs> but uh, what an appropriate topic, particularly for for this week. Um, oh, yes. And now we come to one of my favorite parts of the, our podcast, where we hear from you, all of you out there listening, and we read your comments and questions that you send to us through through Instagram and Twitter. And we also have a very special guest in our <laughs> who we'll be talking to today. And I would like to introduce everyone to Irvin. Irvin, thank you so much for joining us today. Yay! What's up? Hi, thank Irvin. You. Okay, Irvin, awesome. ready? Whoa, 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 what? No, yes. Three favorite books of all time go three favorite three yes. favorite three top three books of all time yeah can i just just say yeah you just picked like the wrong person to ask <laughs> this question um because yeah. my history is i don't even read much <laughs> but i like your question no i like your question and maybe i'll, I'll, I'll answer it but maybe in a like a, a different way. Like, I guess when I was younger, I didn't read much. So mm-hmm. let me name books that made me want to read. Okay, okay. okay. So uh, I remember 
there was an old TV show on PBS called Ghostwriter about these <gasps> yes. kids who solve mysteries with the help of a ghost who yes. who like writes Rally J. Yes. Yes. And so <laughs> yes. uh, basically uh, they produce books, you know, based off the show. And I would, since I was really into the show, I was I was really into the books. So I did read that. Oh, and yes. anything that, you know, dealt with movies. So I remember, I guess, Scholastic Books, I guess. Like, that's where I would order it from. From the book and order. Yes, book cool. fairs. Yeah. And so I ordered, I remember ordering, like, one of my favorite movies, which is the Back to the Future series. But one in particular I ordered was Back to the Future Part 3. I, I got the book. Even though I saw the movie, like, I still read the book. Even though the movie nice. isn't based on the book, it's just the book, you know, from the movie. So I just read it. It's basically the same thing, but you get more of the eternal thoughts. And so I thought that was actually pretty cool. And then uh, I, I know that was a second. I'm going to just combine two, uh, which <laughs> is um, I, I love the movie Forrest Gump. And I wanted to, mm-hmm. I wanted to know what was going to happen next. So I read the sequel, which they didn't make it into a movie, which is like Gump and Co. Okay. And, Pause. Yeah. There is a sequel to Forrest Gump? Yeah, Gump and Co. Yeah. So they made he Mind wrote the, the the author of the original of Forrest Gump, you know, obviously wrote the next book, you know, after the success of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Even though the oh. original book was, has been out for no. way before the movie. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. But because the movie then... but it was good though. It's good. But so then I have two questions. So is the original it's the book that the movie's based on is is the movie close to it? Like, you know how people take liberties with, you know, changing when, when it's the script. So is it, is it close? Are you, are you referring to the the book Forrest Gump? Like yeah. the first one? Yeah. So I didn't read Forrest oh. Gump. No, unfortunately. So I just watched the movie and I was like, okay, I was good. And then I'll, I'll, I'll read the book. And obviously um, Tom Hanks in the movie, you know, and obviously the director, they take some liberties also in how they talk and, you know, what they do. So they change it up a bit, obviously. So when it came to the sequel, it's really based off what happened in the book, which I don't know the differences. But oh. I just know that Forrest Gump, like, cusses a lot. <laughs> oh. I was like, whoa, that's in, not the in Tom the book. Hanks. That wasn't the, that wasn't the Tom Hanks I knew. Yeah. And then lastly... Um, I love Jurassic Park, so I, oh. I read Lost World, oh, and, yes. uh, oh. which is totally different from the movie. Wow! And, yeah. Did you so are, did you have a particular favorite of the Jurassic Park ser- uh, movies? Oh, oh, the first one. So yes. um, oh, because uh, you know, right now we're we're, we're talking we're we're, talk, we're about to talk about a book that has to do with memories. So yes. one of my favorite memories of all time is definitely watching. Uh, Jurassic Park for the first time in the theater and uh, it's a great memory with my dad who I mm, recently just lost and mm-hmm. him me picking me up at the bus stop and kind of taking me to watch this big blockbuster movie and yeah. I remember uh, a kid who doesn't like reading nor does he like writing like wrote a report after watching Jurassic uh, <laughs> Park and for school for some reason my teacher for fun and my 
And I told my teacher about it, and she like asked me to like, oh, read it, you know, as a review. So maybe、oh. we'll watch it. Oh, how nice!、Yeah. But that was that. After that was like my only review or whatever writing、uh, did for now. So stay tuned for for, <laughs> for movie reviews with Irvin <laughs> on Urban Picks. Yeah. Yes. Why not?、Um, have you watched the movie of The Giver? Just curious. Yeah. So.、Um, Obviously, after I read the book, then I I just looked into、uh, what year it was made, and then obviously、mm-hmm. other things came up like oh there was a movie, and、yeah. so I actually watched the trailer and I was just like, well well first off while reading the book I was like hey this is a this would be a good movie to make right yeah and then and then I saw the trailer and I was like okay I mean it has some potential、mm-hmm. but then I was all like. Hey, spoiler! You just ruined the whole movie in this trailer. Oh,、mm. <laughs> and、uh, but I even though I watch a lot of movies, I can't believe I don't remember like seeing this trailer or it being made. And so I was just surprised seeing names like Taylor Swift in there. I was like,、oh, right, I, right. I really don't. What? I didn't know about this. Irvin, do you have a favorite book of the Bible? Oh man, that's a good one. Um, a favorite book? Okay, maybe it's not a favorite, but while reading this book, I was reminded of the book of、uh, Exodus.、Mm-hmm. Exodus, in what way? Just because Prince of Egypt. So I could just like just fill out whatever right now. Like, Spill it out. There, there is. Oh, so there's just just the moment of just. Say just leaving your old world of what you used、oh, to know, where、yeah. you were basically a slave to, but you didn't know. You don't know what、yeah. was out there. And then once you're out there, like Jonas, eventually was out and about. He was. There's a part. I think he was kind of remembering his his past. Like, like he was kind of suffering, and he was kind of remembering. Ah,、oh, if I just stayed back, then I could still enjoy the food, and you know, I don't have to worry about anything. And you know, also the on Exodus, like you know Moses freeing the Israelites、mm-hmm. out of、mm-hmm. Egypt, and then you know th- they're free from from slavery, and then like months, years, all of a sudden they start complaining because they can't take this stuff anymore, and they're kind of yearning for that old life again. So、uh, I, I was I kind of thought of that. So I guess since you brought up book,、uh, Exodus was like the first Exodus.、So, yeah.、Mm, wow. And I also think. The Book of Exodus made a great movie, aka、uh, Charleston. Char- Charles Heston. Oh my gosh, Charleston Heston. 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 Yes,、yeah. Heston's version of the Ten Commandments、mm-hmm. is a classic. Yeah, we're looking forward remember, to that to Easter. Right. <laughs> I mean, show that. Right. I mean, it, it's a classic. If you, if anybody out there has not watched the Ten Commandments, very old version, I think that it had to be like or or went to Catholic school in the eighty in the in the nineties, <laughs> right? Eighties or nineties, right?、Um, but it was just what was the other one? The King of Egypt. What was the other one? Prince of Egypt. Prince of Egypt. Prince of Egypt. Yeah, the one with the one. Oh, I I I still like the Ten Commandments、yes. better, but my second best would be Prince of Egypt. With the Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey song. I mean,、mm. um, who was it? Sean, did you go with us when we went to the musical Prince of Egypt? Oh, there was a musical. No, so they、not. were trying it out. So we, um, it was me. I just 
I just remember Angela being there. That's all, sorry. Um, but I think it was in like Mountain View and they were trying it out at a smaller local theater, uh, the Prince of Egypt. And it was kind of, it was kind of hilarious because of the way they used, um, they use the stage. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they did, uh, to, to portray remember in the the cartoon where um Ramses and Moses were were riding horses together oh, and, yes, you yes. know to try to compete yes well instead of the, obviously they didn't have horses so the two grown men were piggyback riding to other people <laughs> and they had oh. to pretend that when they were horses I was like are you seriously going to have a musical where you had to have these two grown men on top wow. of somebody else okay. wow um, so I think I I think they probably were trying something out or I don't I don't know but I guess they didn't make it to Broadway <laughs> I don't know who knows. Speaking of musicals, Irvin, have you ever watched Fiddler <laughs> on the Roof, the the if movie or musical? Yeah. Uh, actually, no, and I'm quite embarrassed that I haven't seen anything of Fiddler on the Roof. So I'm There's not familiar this... with anything. But you know, Myra, you 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 remember. Yes. Okay, so actually, I wanted to bring this up a little <laughs> earlier when we we're talking about love and when Jonas asked his parents if they loved him. It it actually automatically <laughs> reminded me of that scene where um where Tevia is asking his wife, um, "Do you you know do you I'm not gonna sing it. Do you love me?" And she's like, Do Sing I it. love you? Right? You know, for twenty five years I've you know, cooked for him, you know, things like that. Um and then the end she says, Yes, I, I do love you. Do you remember that scene, Myra, in either in the musical or in the movie version? <laughs> so I was I, I wanted to actually kind of go over that and 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 in in that kind of life of um of a husband and wife particularly for in that culture you know in that they had um arranged marriages with with matchmakers and and parents and things like that how do you know you know we 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 kind of talked about love in a in a kind of theological way in a scriptural way with Jesus and liturgically on the cross and and you were going through kind of accompany him in Holy Week, particularly in the Triduum, but in this in your everyday life, how how do you express love to people? Irvin, he's asking you. Are you asking me? I am. <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> so I am. how do I express love? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I show love through like res- like just basically respecting people. I know right now we're at a time where people feel like not respected. So I know personally, there are so many people who I actually disagree with, Mm -hmm. but you know, I don't go out of my way to disagree or talk bad about them or say something bad on social media or trying to correct somebody in front of people. If I'm just like at a coffee shop or at a store Besides seeing any girl that's cute, like if I walk down an aisle, like I make sure to acknowledge their presence either by just a nod, like because obviously it might be kind of weird. Like I don't want to pretend 
like I don't recognize the person in the same aisle or maybe the table uh, next to me. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, granted, like some people don't want to be bothered, but obviously if we make eye contact, you know, sure. Just say hello. But um, usually I'm pretty friendly and I don't know what the heck if I'm just approachable when it comes you to are. Yes. There are people <laughs> when I go to the store, there are random people waiting outside. They don't have a like cell phone. Mm-hmm. And they always come to me asking if they could use my phone. And oh no. The time of COVID and a time yes. where I have a pretty iPhone, a, an expensive one. Sure. Like I am hesitant. And uh, unfortunately, oh. there's some bias that flows through me that doesn't want to share my phone but it's like i want to help this person who's asking for help this one rainy day i said sure you can make a call and i invite this person into the store and thank god that i have an apple watch so here talk to my hand oh i see and i'll let them Make their call. Yes. And I swear, I swear germs were spread. (laughs) But I I don't complain. Like, I don't be like, yo, put that mask up. Here. uh, I'll I'll make the sacrifice. Go ahead. Make your call. Yeah. But anyway, it's just little things like that. I mean, obviously, people ask me for money, and sometimes I don't have anything. But... I really don't have anything but to give, but really I'll just, you know, I'll ask for their name and I'll, I'll give them mine. You know, sometimes I'll pray with them real quick Mm -hmm. or I'll tell them I'll pray for you later or something like that. But, and obviously that's not perfect act of love, but just got to, you, 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 you treat, you treated them like a human being, you know, you you respected their Mm -hmm. human dignity, even, even by that exchanging of names. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just the just the just the little things. Yeah, yeah. All right, now we are going to read one of the messages that we got from Instagram, and this message comes from Monica. So Monica, thank you so much for reaching out to us. And if any of you yeah, out there, thank you, Monica. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Shout out to Monica who is listening, and if any of you want to. Send us any comments or message or messages. You could do so um, at urbanpicks.com or you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at urbanpicks and use the hashtag UP Lenten Book Club. All right. So this is what Monica has to say. She goes, really enjoyed the Lenten Book Club podcast, especially the bonus Sean rap. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> I hope you liked it. I was thinking about the elders and how it's common knowledge that you can submit requests to change things, but nothing ever really gets changed. I think the comment you guys made about everything being so deliberate is so interesting. So then, why does the committee allow people to submit these kinds of requests if they never plan to address it? Is it because people have an inherent need to have choice? So they create this scenario so it seems like they do, but it's just a system put in place to create the illusion of opinion or independent thought. 
curious to hear your thoughts. Thanks for the interesting book pick. All right. Well, thank you, Monica. I, I hope you've been enjoying it so far. So, yes, any thoughts out there to uh, Monica's question? Um, I think that uh, the illusion of choice is definitely always there. I think if uh, if you have little kids, that, that illusion of choice is there sometimes. Um and I think Sean, you, you and I do this to each other sometimes. It's like, where do you want to go? Let me give you three choices, right? Oh yes, it's of kind course. Kind of an illusion of choice. Oh, because like, I had already narrowed it down. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'll narrow it down for you, and then you get to choose from there. So there's your choice, right? Or um, what I call the illusion of choice with my husband. I always ask him, <laughs> okay, give me three choices. I deny all of them. And I go, okay, actually, we're going to this third or fourth choice that I've already chosen. Um, like, I actually do that. Not just an illusion. <laughs> I know, That's like straight up. Mm, no. No. <laughs> yeah. I probably do that very often and more so often lately. <laughs> but anyways, so I, I do think that having um this illusion of choice is important but i i do but i also think the illusion is um not juvenile but it's simple and that's the way it fits into their simple society any thoughts about that irvin no yeah no i i I totally agree with myra i mean it's funny because i and thank you for the question monica like I didn't even think of that while you know reading the book, but you guys brought up sameness, and obviously that's what the elders or or whoever created this community wanted. So who's great doing illusions is like magicians. So like obviously there are some tricks where we want you to pick a certain card and sometimes it's made to look like it's random, but oh yes. we really have full control of it. Sure. And I only say we, cause I know uh, I used to do some magic. <laughs> so <laughs> quite familiar. Oh and I know our Maybe producer went on our live. Yeah. We got to have you do some magic tricks on our live episode. Our live yeah, stream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I choose the trick. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, oh, that's so, true. Um, yeah, so for I, so really, this whole community is just obviously like a big, like illusion. Like everything's like fabricated. Like I don't even know the process of like giving birth because I know these they are genetically seems like they're genetically made. So nothing what we see obviously is real in a sense, like the Truman so Show. I, yeah. So as we've talked about before. Yeah. So when <laughs> when we get to the memory parts, I feel like uh, maybe that may be the real, or maybe the only thing Ooh. that's real. You know, in a sense, I don't know. But I mean, that's just me just thinking out loud. But um, yeah. So great question, and obviously, I think I agree with uh, how how you brought it out. It's just like. The community just wants to go the safe route, what they think is the way to go. So um, they think eliminating choice is just the best way. And obviously, I don't even know if the kids even know that word choice. Oh, that's an interesting thing, because even all the meals are prepared and given to them. Mm. 
the it, it reminded me something what you were saying Myra it reminded me of what we used to do for retreats when we used to kind of plan and and host retreats for the <laughs> the youth we would have a a time called fake freedom we actually named it fake freedom and we gave <gasps> we gave coming we out. gave these options like if we were at uh, one retreat center one option could be um going going to the pool for a swim or going on a hike or doing like arts and crafts or something like that it was fake freedom because we we like you said we gave them the choices and you could only choose from from the ones that we present to you but it reminded me also of the hunger games and and monica's comment also reminded me of that remember in the hunger games uh, they they talked about panam and cherchis Remember, uh, bread and circuses. If you give the people bread and circuses, the, the entertainment, as it were, they're easier to control. They're not going to rise up and, and rebel and, and join together and, and overthrow the state. So I was, it was, it reminded me of that because it's like kind of appeasing them as in a pro forma kind of way. There's a little kind of wink, wink, nod, nod that kind of goes along with it. But but I agree. I agree with kind of what Monica was saying, that it, it gives them a sense of empowerment. But it's only a sense and not true or real or substantial. All right. Thank you. Again, thank you, Monica, for your, for your yeah. comment and question. That was we awesome. We totally appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> At least it lets us know people, people <laughs> listen to our podcast. Yeah. Um, Husband, geez. <laughs> He's like, you have a, you have someone commenting. I was like, yes, I do. Okay, I have at least one listener. <laughs> yeah, AJ, and and how come you haven't commented yet? I don't see any questions from it's you. It's funny because I I wanted a comment, but I was never like caught up, so I didn't want to like read anything that might spoil anything. Sure. And just like oh. just interesting. Like I just finished the book like early like this morning. <laughs> Went so through good. it it was it was so my thought i don't i know you guys didn't ask like what no I no come 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 no, please oh yeah so myra great choice like i actually enjoyed it i don't even and so <laughs> okay. it was actually made in the in the like 90s mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i know i was talking to sean we were trying to figure out like what date it was made but anyway i i, I was just really i wish i read like this book you know obviously um, when you were younger yeah you you think do you think you would have had a different opinion about the book if you were reading it during your formative years versus when you're an adult? You know, obviously my formative years, I probably wouldn't pick up like all the little nuances. Like, <clears throat> I don't think I wouldn't see the importance of like life back then. I would just say like, oh man, that's kind of messed up, but I wouldn't know why. So even though I probably would have enjoyed it, like, Obviously now I like I probably would have enjoyed it even more, but it being my first time now, I just straight up really liked it. And again, maybe I only have uh, the reading ability of a young adult, so it was basically speaking to me. You were so you're was, you're still a young adult. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so you are you're right at that level. Yeah, Ghost Rider. <laughs> I could give you a lot more books like yeah. this that that was just, that's just around this um, not level but that that's just as you know I think 
edible? Is that is that Ooh, to say? Because I mean, because you know these these kind of books, it's not too deep that you're getting lost in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's but, what I was um, worried about. Right, but it, it's so easy. It's such an easy read yeah. that you just want to keep going. And I, I, I know. More. Yeah, to me, like it started kicking in when like thing the mysteries started to reveal itself. And I know I think Sean, maybe you weren't really into it as much, but <laughs> I I was definitely like into it. I mean, obviously. I'm walking no, my I, dog. I, I, I was wow. into it. I just didn't yeah. like the ending. I had to convince him. Wait, I so, had to convince him to read this one. So yeah. what, what did you guys... So in the ending, remind me, what did you guys think happened? Like, what you think he died? I think the giver died. And okay, giver died, I have think a Jonas that and Gabriel. Jonas and Gabriel survived and actually went to their destination. Ooh, yeah. I think the giver See? lived and Jonas and Gabriel died. <laughs> Uh, and then when he's when he's when he's depressing ending well yeah just like the little match girl but they still tell it to children the uh yeah and so his so when he's seeing the christmas lights and and the echo of music it's all it's kind of kind of all in his head Uh, anyway (laughs) it was tricky yeah so like (laughs) like i i was kind of left like silent after reading that last part um because i really wanted to know what happened but obviously yes. after you read it you're mm-hmm. really trying to think like oh what the heck like did it's like those movies that kind of leave you know usually those horror movies you know yeah. like dun 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 is the killer or whatever really dead or gone Ooh, i don't yeah, like, like those out. oh so you oh, don't no, like you don't, um, like you don't like inception, inception. yeah inception. there you go ah. uh yeah yeah ah. i don't yeah, it's not satisfying. You need find okay. Right? I do, and that's why I don't really want to read the rest of the books. I mean, no, no knock on Miss Lowry here, but I just want to leave it at that Dang. and just to be like, huh, do they or do they not? Dang, I kind of uh, want to read it. I'm, I'll no, probably read it on I, I my own. Know. I'll read it on my own. I, I, I okay, and then, <laughs> and then you can summarize it for me in twenty seconds. Oh yeah, I'll do my um, own rap. Really? Yeah. Just yeah, read yeah, Wikipedia. Yeah. They're dying. Yes, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh I was kind of thinking cuz they kind of tease about like these were like Jonas's like memories. So See. So, so it's like Sean. I'm thinking so there at first I'm like thinking, "Whoa, wait, could it be uh he his memories was like from the future all of a sudden or like it was like a premonition and all of a sudden it came to Mm -hmm. be but then when you guys were like talking earlier i started like thinking like what if this really is jonas's memory of the sled and it was since he since he comes from a community that like genetically makes up people yeah there was another Jonas, and, wow. or maybe he, or maybe there's a twin or a clone, and he was experiencing, you know, another version, a version of Jonas. Like I'm just, just spitting. Or but, you know, or when he kind of breaches, whoa. there's some wall that he breaches through this on the sled, and he passes like passes that memory down to like an ancestor who then gives it to the giver, who gets passed it down to the giver. Yeah, it blows my like mind. Something. It blows my mind. Yeah, so that's what I'm kind of thinking. But um, 
but I I enjoyed it. I know you guys talk about Christ-like figure. Yeah, do you think Jonas is a Christ-like Christ figure in this book? Uh you know, in the begin well, I I would just say yeah, for the most part, yeah. Like especially like in like in midway in the book when you learned about he has to take the burden of all these memories like yeah like that's yeah. when i really felt it um but in a sense obviously we do see a, a form of sacrifice like i mean he's really like trying to protect uh gabriel and um yeah in in reality like let's just say jonas did die like in a way he died and then basically this community is never the same again it has changed like they have received mm. their yeah. memories yeah so you know in, in a way he kind of i'm not saying he made it better but he made it different but um i love the fact that I know we talk about language. How cool is it where the word release basically means death in this community, but Jonas in him leaving, like he has kind of restored that that name of release to basically to free oneself or to leave. So he basically kind of made things new, changed things, kind of like how what Jesus does on the cross he basically changes love or suffering in a, a new way so I don't know just spitting see mom I make all things new yeah mm -hmm. a quote from another movie another good movie <laughs> yeah appropriate appropriate for appropriate this week. for this week as well indeed so I I loved it and uh um, I, I am looking forward to the movie I know I probably won't like it but you won't I I'm want, so sorry I just want, to, just want to see you know Hollywood that, uh, destroys it. They do. Taylor Swift is in it. Is that what you said? What's that? Taylor Swift. You said was in it. Uh, she plays uh, Rosemary. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! <laughs> I have to. Shiny really, have I more. have to think about that. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Meryl Streep is in it. That's true. Isn't that hilarious? See, yeah, and um, what's his name? Jeff Bridges. Josh Jeff Bridges, not yeah. Josh Brolin. Jeff Bridges is in it too. Yeah. He's the giver. Don't, yeah. don't, don't. Did they say anything about names? Like, we know the kids have names, but basically, like the adults, they don't have names. Did you guys talk about that on any podcast? No, no. but I haven't noticed that before. That the I mean, they're just the adults. Yeah. I mean, father, mother, Jonas's teacher. Mom, I yeah. guess. Exactly. I wonder if that was a conscious conscious choice of. Um, Miss Lowry to just not give the adults names. That's interesting. Just, Again, because they make them more functional. They're not people. They they just they're just doing their job, doing their role, as it were. Right. Right. Um interesting. So now I wanted to get to uh the prompt that Myra gave at the end of the last episode yeah. and hear your thoughts about that, Irvin. There's a part of me that wants to copy what the giver did and sledding yeah snow? i was trying to think of like some kind of maybe like the beach or something like there's different kind of sensory like you could well, on your own there. like all the memories that you have in your head right now yeah. but is there i'm one not going to give something one. too intense 
Like I wouldn't give something too intense. So no. like if, if it was me, um, the memory I would give is getting like, chased by a T-Rex and no, no. on an island, I don't wanna... the volcano. Dancing <laughs> no. in a palenque. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really, okay. okay, I gotta focus, focus, focus. Um, I, I would give the memory of a pet dog like on your lap or you oh. hugging the dog and feeling like a sense of comfort and um, you could feel like the dog just in a way loving you or just wants to oh. be near you and protect you wants to make you feel better and and just and just feeling the dog itself and feeling like and then like there there is this because uh, I know touch is important so you're you're really feeling like um yeah mm. the the fur and then here maybe the breathing maybe if the dog snores or whatever but I think there's something I, I think that would have been something like I would give it since because I I don't think they have like animals there at this place right so well they have them as playthings they do okay i mean stuff like things. you know what, yes. what, what, what do you things, call them but not they're actually comfort, like the comfort yeah, object comfort comfort objects but, but they're not, not an actual living pets no i don't pet, believe like so. animals so yeah that's not what i would i would i would do that would be like um yeah a pet dog like <gasps> on your lap that's yeah. a yeah. good one yeah so something easy but some but something like Maybe you just take for granted or don't even mm. think of. Like happy. Yeah. And then I'll switch it up on you. And all of a sudden you're allergic to dogs. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're taking it, up, <laughs> taking it up to thing. that next level. <laughs> and then you got to take the Zyrtec. How you like me now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? All of a sudden I just I started to scratch. Yes. Like, What about you, Myra? What uh, what would be the first um, memory you you transmit? Okay, ready. Okay. Uh, you're on a beach, oh, probably in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's a warm day, mm -hmm. probably in the afternoon when it's a little bit warmer, and the sun isn't necessarily on you. Maybe because you have an umbrella on top of you, or because you're shaded by a nearby tree, but you still feel the warmth and the humidity of the day. And you're lying down on a beach towel. Now, I like beach towels. I don't like to lie down on the sand directly, so beach towel it is for me. And uh, I'm either taking a really good nap or I have a book in hand and I'm reading. The wind is gently blowing and you can hear... Nothing but either the waves and maybe the distant sound of children playing. Now, do you just, oh, <laughs> is that an actual memory so or do you nice. just made up some ideal beach no, day? No, it's an actual memory. All the of, better. Of, oh, so good. Actually, my memory came from one being an actual Kauai. Kauai's amazing. But uh, mm -hmm. the other one, part of that comes from Castaway Key in the Bahamas on mm -hmm. my honeymoon and uh yeah the children were distantly playing i was on the adult side of the island 
Um, that's a whole other story for another yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was just, oh, so beautiful. You know, it's the feeling of, I think, one of the joys of being warm yeah. and then you're sleepy. But then, and then having that gentle breeze so that you're not too, too hot. Yeah. Oh, those are perfect. good times. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I closed Sean, my eyes. Sean, you probably too. can. When uh, oh, there. listening to your memory. There you go. And Sean, you probably have lots of memories of beaches and sl- I don't know if you do you sleep on a beach? Are you that type of No, I like to, you know, give me a nice hammock any day. But I do oh. have fond memories of like going on like, to the park with my family and oh. you know flying a kite and then but just like putting your you know your your banig which is a mat putting your banig out on the grass <laughs> and just like watching the clouds you know like like all those stereotypical scenes in movies that, oh like an up <laughs> but i actually did you know watch the clouds and watch them go by and see what they look like and that was those were a good time blowing bubbles, things like that. Um, but is that the first memory you would? Give? No, I've thought about it. But since I, I'm an outdoor person too, so it would probably be outdoors. And I'm a water person in particular, so um, I thought about snorkeling, like in, like mm. obviously in like you know a tropical climate, Maui. You know, on uh, on my favorite beach, Ulua Beach. Um, <laughs> shout out to Maui. <laughs> the um, Poolena Lena is also nice. That's like my second favorite beach, Poolena Lena. But uh, Ulua is kind of where I grew up, in a sense, in you know the beach where I grew up, if as it were. And uh, being immersed, there's a, there's such a feeling of, you know, when you're snorkeling that you're surrounded by water, but you're floating on top, and you feel the kind of some the warmth around you but the coolness you know on the on your like stomach on your bottom part and you're looking and you're looking at all these beautifully colored fish and you're thinking like i'm in an aquarium right now um but it's it's an aquarium (laughs) that whales pee in that i think to myself (laughs) i do i think to myself but this memory time, Tom, you make me want a suka. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, just don't do it on a member of one voice. That would be not good. Um, the but yeah, that's what it would be. A kind of an experiential um thing like that to be surrounded by but that'd be so weird like someone who's never snorkeled and all of a sudden you're breathing you're breathing like through your yeah, mouth I was, I was gonna say i i think you and i have very different relationships with water because oh. for me i'd be like here i am drown <laughs> and and i'd have so much trouble trying to figure out okay snorkeling you breathe through your mouth but not, but out through your nose i don't know i really don't understand <laughs> Sure. And then the idea of having water rush into my nose. Well, that's why you breathe through your mouth and you like yeah. have a nice seal on your mask so water doesn't get in. Oh, you man. do it by I spitting. Just don't think I'm that coarse, you spit maybe. in your mouth, your mask. Anyway. You the, spit in your spit, mask? You do. You don't? Uh, oh. Does and, it look like I've snorkeled? <laughs> 
the um, but my you know I was thinking of another memory since you you cut me to the chase with a kind of I was going to do a sunset on the beach. Um, ah, yeah. Like you know, I just I I love, um, you know that the feeling of like a really cool thunderstorm, but you're like safe and warm, and you're like we used to do that as, as a family when when when, when when we were kids. Mm-hmm. When there's like a like one of those dramatic thunderstorms with thunder and lightning. Um, we would actually like turn off all the lights in the house and like open the window and like you could watch like the lightning like flash across the sky. Yeah. But you felt safe and you were warm and you felt, you know, secure. You had your family around you. Anyway, that is another yeah. memory I, I We had those as well. last year. Remember the thun- the lightning storms last year? I, I watched that. Oh, it's yes. Like, that then caused fires. Yeah, that's why I was like, well, there goes that memory. <laughs> well, it's like, it was so nice until that point. Yes, that's like, like and then oh. the whale, like, you're And then the dog, you have allergies to the dog. Yes. <laughs> Back to reality. All right. All right. Well, I want to thank Irvin for joining us Yay. for our very final episode of this thank you. first Lenten book club. It's been a pleasure. And I just want to announce this is my very first time being on any kind of podcast. So, yeah. But not your last. Not your last. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hopefully. You got to join us again ho- ho- at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And I was really coming into that. I was actually really worried just because, obviously, like I didn't think i would add anything to the conversation oh but you thank you for making me feel great yeah, <laughs> make you oh, feel you are natural at this i'm tempted to make you a third member oh, wow. <laughs> oh no that that requires me to do more reading oh. <laughs> um but i promise it'll oh. be good that's true <laughs> For all of you out there, we wish you a very blessed Lent and happy Easter coming up. And look out for a uh, Myra and I will be doing a live stream. <laughs> it's our very first live stream. I guess people want to actually see us. Guess, you, oh, it's it totally worth seeing Sean. Oh, no. Yes, no. it we, is. It's it's totally worth seeing Sean. You guys have missing out on all the hand actions and the hand gestures as we as he talks. So, um, you got to just watch the live stream to yes. know what I'm talking. Or you about. could just imagine my gesticulations. Um, <laughs> and we'll be we'll be uh, talking about poems. I think on the live stream. Yeah. So if if you have any um, ideas for what you would like to see for us do for p- for future uh, book club uh, meetings, yes. we love book recommendations. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, give it to us. And if you if we're since we're doing poetry <laughs> on uh, uh, on our live stream, go ahead and send us some of your favorite poems or some poems that you might want us to read. Um, read on the air, read live, as yeah. it were. And you can do or that once again by going to urbanpix.com as well as checking out our and posting on our social media sites, Twitter, Instagram, at urbanpix. And also using the hashtag uh, UP Lenten Book Club. But this won't be Lent anymore, but we'll still keep it for now. Don't worry. 
we'll you find UP Linton Book Club unless you see unless you see any other changes. So uh, follow us that so and you do that by following us on Instagram and Twitter as it were. All right, so we're coming to the end. We look forward to seeing you all again on the next page. Take care everybody. Bye. <laughs> This podcast is a production of Urban Picks, All Things to All. Theme song and audio production by Ethan Coe. You can find all of our content on our website, www.urbanpicks.com. Please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, everybody. We will see you next time.